This is First Up on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last. Good morning, everyone. This is First Up. We are live right here on TSN Radio. I'm Matthew Cousin for Aaron Karolnik. That is my stepbrother. That's Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy day after Boxing Day. That's not a thing. How are you doing, my friend? Can we say Happy New Year yet? I mean, or can we still say Merry Christmas, even though Christmas I don't is know. over? It's a great question. We're in that uh, weird zone after Christmas, before New Year. Some people yeah. are working. Some have it off. Some are still drinking eggnog in their coffee this morning. Others are still full. It's it's that weird nether world of a region we're living in right now, my friend. Are you an eggnog guy? Oh yeah, you oh are. yeah. It's yeah. it's it's in the coffee right now because no I got to get rid of it. Oh no, because okay. I, I I got eggnog left over. But after today, I'm leaving to go to a cottage for a couple of days. So it's like yeah. my girlfriend is like, we got to get it rid of the nog. I'm like, I'm not yeah. throwing that down the sink, you monster. I... So yes, it's in my coffee right now. I tell you what I am. I'm a guy who's ready to throw in the white towel on food right now because you talk about a three day bender of of food and yeah. unbelievable food and you know, like I, I we talked about this at length last week that for me the holidays is more about, you know, getting together with family and eating good meals versus, you know, opening up a nice Christmas present. I'm I'm 40 years old. I I'm I'm not a I'm not trying to be a Grinch or anything, but to me the best Christmas present is opening up the doors to everybody being together. That's versus... the opposite of the Grinch. That is the opposite of the Grinch. You're like the mayor of Whoville right now letting, you know, letting mayor everyone in yes. to to have a bite of the roast beast. Like that's that's what you're doing yeah. right now. You're the opposite. Yeah, uh, you're I'm the opposite stuffed though, man. I am yeah. completely stuffed and I'm not sure how your weekend was, but uh Santa was amazing. Um mm-hmm. you know, was he uh made another great trip this year. Um I don't know how about you felt or how anybody else felt, but uh Christmas felt a little non-Christmassy this year with the weather, no snow, didn't feel like Christmas weather. I don't know, like on on, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it was like eerie outside. It was like, you know, foggy and gray and cloudy and rainy. It's just, to me, that sucks. Like I, I, to me, Christmas is, you know, white. It's it's you know the snow. It's you know go walk uh, looking outside and seeing you know flurries and the color white of the snow and you know all I don't that know, I stuff. Just, I, we, I, we, I didn't we, I didn't, I didn't, could... I didn't feel that this year. But regardless yeah. of that, Santa still found a way to at least make my kids very happy. I hope he made everybody else's kids very happy. And all in all, you. You 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 get up, you blink, and it's over. And now you're looking forward to change, turning the calendar over to a new year of 2024 over these next couple of days. Yeah, I, I I agree. What you want for Christmas is a group of seven painting. You want the nice snow on the ground and all that kind of stuff. And it felt like April. Um, you know, we should bring on for this because I was in St. Catharines on Christmas Eve. So uh, guest guest producer Michael DiStefano. 
uh, Al's brother is sitting in the producer role. And, and I don't know if you were in St. Catharines or the Niagara area, because I know that's, yeah, that's your hood as oh, well. He was hot was all it up. It was uh, actually I was hot topping it on the twenty third one day earlier. It was delightful, nice. but it felt like something out of a murder, mur- Sherlock Holmes murder mystery. All the fog in the St. Catharines and Niagara area. Yeah, it was really foggy. It was like strangely foggy, and it lasted all the way through Christmas itself. Like on the twenty fifth, you look outside at night, and it was very eerie and foggy. Like it was it was out of a, a movie. It was kind of bizarre, but. I did. I like. I, I could say this. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate you know taking the dog for a walk on Christmas. You know, Christmas morning, the afternoon, and not having to wear a jacket. I, I kind of enjoyed yeah. that because if anybody <laughs> knows me, they know that I do not like to layer up or wear any clothing. So I didn't huh? hate it, to be quite honest with you, boys. So let me ask you, AB, what was the the feast in the the Stefano household like? How many charcuterie boards? So Christmas Day we had the charcuterie, but as you know, my 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 dad likes to be traditional on Christmas Eve. So no meat on the on the Christmas Eve, but his whole family comes over and we do a little potluck. So we had you know like the the bacala fish and the potatoes. We had some. So I wasn't aware of this, Carl. I don't know how traditional you were growing up with your family, but did you guys have this spaghetti dish with like breadcrumbs and raisins in it on Christmas Eve? What? Yeah, no. I didn't know about this either, Bread but apparently my raisins. Yeah, yeah, like it was, it was fine. Like it was decent. Don't get me wrong. There was a nice eggplant. Hold on, no, 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 well. no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Breadcrumbs and raisins. <laughs> if we're gonna go on a Christmas theme here, that sounds like something the Cratchit family has at Christmas because they're too poor. Because Ebenezer Scrooge hasn't paid them enough money. That sounds like a punishment. Well? Kids, clean your room, or it's breadcrumbs and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> well, my family grew up poor, I guess, was was the problem there. But, yeah, like that was a very traditional dish, I guess, that they had every New Year, uh, every Christmas Eve. It was like that with an eggplant parm and, you know, some other stuff. So, uh, And the squid, of course, the squid was, was brought yeah. in by my nonna as well. So there's a lot of really good stuff to eat on, on Christmas Eve. And then, yes, the charcuterie was alive and well. A nice uh, five, six, I think six meat charcuterie board. We had Christmas Day. It was Ooh, it was glorious. That sounds amazing. But yeah, I, I've oh, never yeah. heard of breadcrumbs and raisins. Uh, no. Apologies, but uh, no, I'm it, not apologizing. That's uh, to me, it was just a regular though. tomato That's sauce. I mean, obviously, the tradition is you know some sort of fish on Christmas Eve, and then you pig yeah. out on on Christmas Day. But uh, all in all, man, it was uh, it was a hell of a fun weekend. You know celebrating christmas but just watching sports as well too i mean saturday was was an unbelievable day the 23rd wasn't even christmas but it felt like christmas because we had nfl football we had the full slate of nhl hockey we had you know the full slate of the nba and the raptors sure know how to put some coal in people's stockings with with their performances wow what the by, what a meltdown on Saturday that was. You know, it's funny. Um, like, I know today is, is a lot of looking ahead. Uh, Leafs taking on Ottawa. Raptors taking on Washington. Uh, a ton of NFL, including the Ravens, are clearly the best team in the NFL right now. Bye-bye, Brock Purdy, MVP. But you, you, you know my first sports thought was? I am terrified of the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> they lose last night. They have the record. I know why. 27. I know why you're terrified of them. 
because they they got Boston next, and that would be loss number twenty eight. To tie and then the after that, and then after that, the stinky Toronto Raptors. Like I am scared to death that the that the Pistons will lose to Boston and then play Toronto. Because the funny thing here, Carlo, you know, I always talk about how teams get up when they face the World Series champ, the Stanley Cup champ, yep. the reigning Super Bowl yep. champ. There's a flip side of the that. The Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> the, oh, that's not the flip side. But no team wants to be the team that loses to the really crappy team. Like right now, no one wants to be the team that hands the Pistons their first W since like November, and that's staring at the Raptors. Oh, is it ever? Is it's 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 you know what it is? It's and Matthew, you don't have kids. And, I do not. And AB, you don't have kids either. But it's waking up, like when your kids sleep in your bed. Okay, it's okay. waking yep. up to the 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 sight of your kids having a nightmare right in front of you in your face. Is oh. what it is. That's you know. Adorable. You know. And, and, and so it's it's like so. AB, you you probably take naps with your dog, right? Where sure. all of a sudden you wake up and your dog is just like face to face with you in, in some deep sleep of a snore and stuff like that. That is what is staring at the Raptors in the face. It's this fear right now of your of your kid who's who wakes up next to you with this scary look on his face as he's sleeping or your pet. That is that is staring or that is sleeping next to you, either breathing down your neck in some sort of um, nightmare movie scene, because it's 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 almost like this is what the Raptors' fate is right now. The fate of the Raptors is to continue to embarrass themselves in situations around the league. I mean, that game Saturday night was in the bag. Against the Utah yeah. Jazz. And I'd look away for 15 minutes. And I come back and the Raptors blew a 20-point lead in the second half. And end up losing by what? 15 points in and the fourth quarter? And they did it to Utah. They did yeah. it to Utah. It's not like they did that to Boston. It's not like they did that to Denver. They did that to the Utah Jazz but to put a bow on that odd analogy you were you're trying to land there, Carlo, what is scarier, waking up next to your child that they might be having a nightmare or they may have wet the bed? Because I thought you were going with wet the bed. And that seems far more terrifying than my kids screaming because they dreamt of the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. that's a scary one, too. Yeah. That, that one there, AB, I would... when, you get, when you get woken up to the – to the feeling of oh my God. cold, wet. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, Lord. that's not a good one. You're just hoping it's not yourself that did it. And oh my it God! You're too young kids. for that. <laughs> it's like, oh no! But if you did it, then you blame your kid. Leo, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah. What are you doing? You, you urinated all over the bed. Get out of here! I right have, I have a friend father. of mine. I'm not going to name his name. Say who his literally, name. who literally is in his forties. And there is nights where he still goes out and gets in one, you know, has a couple of pops, yeah. you know, get a couple of ball of wine. He'll wake up and he'll just piss himself. And I'm like, oh dude, God. what the hell's wrong with you, man? 
<laughs> well, Michael, why is he admitting it? That's a secret shame. I would never tell anyone. I don't know, man. It's just, it's too funny. It's too funny. Jesus. Yeah. All right. You want to give the last name? Is it someone famous? No, 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 no. I'm not naming names. Not naming names. All right. All right. Yes. I won't do that. I won't publicly shame him like that. All right. On uh, on the other side, like it's 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 almost like spin the wheel of topics. Like there's, um, you know, the, the, we'll get to the NBA story or not the NBA. We'll get into the NFL story. Some of the, some of the top you know notes from what happened this last weekend, uh, including like the Kansas City Chiefs are in legitimate trouble. Like we'll talk about the joy that was the Ravens, but on the other side, Kansas City. Uh, this is not a, hey, the media is waiting to jump on them. I love the Chiefs. I, I can't stand there. They're not fun to watch. Well, we'll, we'll do that as well. That's Carlo. I'm Kaz. You are listening to First Up right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back, everybody. This is First Up. I'm Matthew Kaz in for Aaron Korolnik. That's Carlo Koliakova. This is First Up. Remember, stream us at tsn1050.ca, TSN app. Subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And Carlo I do my confidence picks every week uh, on oh my normal boy. show, going over every NFL game. Oh no! And I, I my cop, my top couple, I got right, including the Ravens five and a half point underdog against the 49ers. I love Baltimore because they've blown out plenty of teams. Mm-hmm. All their losses have been one score close games, and they took care of business against the 49ers. And the most impressive thing was that defense making that entire offense look that uncomfortable. You know, they they made them look uncomfortable, rushed, scattered, Brock Purdy, four interceptions, two, not really his fault. But um, that, to me, was, I think, the most noteworthy uh, game from this past weekend, the 33-19 win on Christmas night. I tell you what, man, I, c- I could do the three game on Christmas every year <laughs> if that's what it, it came down to. Um, that game on, on Monday night was incredible. Um, and you talk about what people may predict as a Super Bowl preview or prediction with mm-hmm. the leading AFC, um, you know, uh, team in the Baltimore Ravens right now who go into San Francisco and just absolutely school the San Francisco 49ers, a team that everybody was ready to label and crown the Super Bowl champions, considering, you know, the the beatdown the they on some of the best teams in the league. Um, a, a totally unpredictable for me, um, uh, you know, situation that played out there. I thought, oh, I thought it would be a close game. I thought six points was way too much to give Baltimore on the road. Um, I wish somebody would have told team. Um, um, Hayes and bro, that that same uh, that same information, tremendous information. Al, Al's brother, you want you want to you want to weigh in here because I had the Ravens. I love the Ravens. Where where were where were you sticking on that game? Yeah, we did end up going with the Niners, and it was a couple of reasons. Oh. I mean, you just look at how well San Francisco had played this year. It seemed like it was a team that just didn't have a weakness. And if you watched the game a week prior, you saw the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. They were able to really move the football 
on that Baltimore Ravens defense. They showed up with like zero points in that first half, but they left like 20 points on the board in that That's first true. half. And it was just idiocy as to why they didn't get any points on the board. So we figured, all right, well, if there's one team that can drive the football down the field, but then actually score, it's the team that has the number one success rate when it comes to TD percentage. And that is the San Francisco 49ers. So we expected them to move the ball just like had been happening over the past few weeks on this defense and then score. We were not anticipating Brock Purdy uh, basically fizzling out in the same fashion that Jake Browning did. Yeah, And look, I mean, it was a good game that featured a great game that featured MVP candidates. And you probably thought that Lamar Jackson was playing with a little bit of an extra chip on his shoulder as well, too, with everybody ready to crown and praise Brock Purdy for winning that award. But, man, Lamar Jackson sure, sure sold the whole fo- football world who's ready to be the MVP in this league. And I think that game on Monday night probably sealed the the, the, the deal for Lamar Jackson to win it uh, because Brock Purdy absolutely laid an egg with the four interceptions, um, played one of his worst games of the season, and probably eliminated all hope of him winning uh, the MVP and and McCaffrey might still be there, but that performance mm. by Lamar Jackson was incredible. But I tell you what, guys, being in the f- the my fantasy football semifinals in both of my leagues and having to dodge Debo Samuel in both of my matchups was probably the greatest thrill that I had this weekend because. You remember the last play of the game when Purdy went out of the game and Darnold came in and they're they're first and goal at the one-yard line? If Debo Samuel somehow gets into the end zone, either on a run or a throw, I lose both of my fantasy matchups. And instead, he doesn't get in, the Niners lose, and I advance in both of my fantasy matchups to my fantasy finals. So you can imagine the sweat that was going on for me having to sweat it out all weekend with the three games or the three days of games having to come down to the last game, last moment, where I just needed nothing from Debo Samuel. And a game that had that many points, Debo Samuel was very quiet, which was... You know, very lucky in, in my in, in, in my situation. So, Is there anything more infuriating to both of you who play fantasy football? And I know 20 plays as well. Is there anything more infuriating? Like, luckily, you know, Carlo, you made it to the semifinals, and that's that's yeah. awesome. That's, that's It's not easy to do if you're in a, you know, a, a deep league. But is there anything that's more infuriating than having, you know, your team crap out at you in, like, the quarters – and then the following week, have you everyone see all your just players go, oh, off. my goodness. That was me this weekend. That was me this weekend in my one team. It's a two-QB league, but it's like me and my, my high school boys. And my guys just completely flamed out on me last week in the quarterfinals. I got absolutely decimated and dummied. He also, his guys went off too. But then this week, I ended up with the most points by, like, legitimately 40 points. The next oh. best had 40 more points. Than, I had, like, Josh Allen, Puka Nakua. Jefferson, I had Moster. Like I, I had uh, quite quite a roster there that didn't wow. show up for me the week prior. That definitely showed up when I didn't need it. It's That's so fantasy annoying. football, man. Oh, That's fantasy, fantasy football. football. Fantasy football is stupid. No one should ever do it. I've been in the league <laughs> for since uh, 1993. 
Um, to put a bow on the MVP talk, Brock Purdy's now 13-1. Lamar Jackson, the clear favorite at minus 170. Baltimore, after getting down 5 nothing, went field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Next time they punted fourth quarter, they were up by 21. To me, though, like the Kansas City Chiefs, let me throw this out at you, Carlo. I tell you at the beginning of the year, in the season of the backup quarterback, Patrick Mahomes is going to play every game. He's going to be healthy all year. And I tell you, Kansas City is going to have the second-best defense in the NFL. They've given up the second-fewest points. They've given up the second-fewest yards. So they've got the second-best defense in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes is healthy all year. What do you think their record is? Well, it should be 12-3. and Something what the Ravens are? Yes. Nine and six. They lose to a Raiders team where O'Connell, Aiden Aiden O'Connell, doesn't complete a pass after the first quarter. (laughs) Kansas City, like all these teams have injured quarterbacks. That's why Jacksonville is disappointing, but we can chat about that later. Kansas City has Mahomes for every snap, and they've got the number two defense, and they're nine and six. I know they're leading their crappy division. But that is a shocking development. Like, we knew the receivers were going to be bad. I don't think we knew it was going to be this bad. Yeah, no. And and, uh, Patrick Mahomes has absolutely dominated the Raiders through his whole career. I mean, you talk about some of the the best numbers, you know, touchdowns, passing yards, you know, obviously Mm record-wise. That was the most confusing game I think I watched – all weekend, other than the the Broncos losing to the Patriots at home on Sunday night football, can't stop um, Zappy. Can't stop Zappy. Um, you know to see what the Kansas City Chiefs did and to see how stale that Kansas City offense is and has been playing is bizarre. It is absolutely yeah. bizarre. I don't know if they're one of those teams that's sleepwalking to the playoffs so that when playoffs comes, they just show up and do what Kansas City does best. But they look very dysfunctional. And you can see the frustration starting to come out on that team. Travis Kelsey is losing his mind on the sidelines. He's getting into confrontations with Andy Reid and stuff like that. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know who what, what to – what to give more credit to the Raiders showing up and playing for their coach. Cause Antonio Pierce has definitely brought a new identity to this team mm-hmm. or just the Kansas city chiefs absolutely laying a lay laying an egg in arrowhead, a place that, that they're tough to be beaten. Eric B must be going, huh? Maybe I should, uh, uh, maybe I should be a head coach. That's the one of the big differences. They win the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They have a great season passing the ball last year without Tyreek Hill. Uh, but now the receivers are worse. Travis Kelsey's a year older. And no Eric Bieniemy, who's now an assistant coach with Washington. But again, like, everyone is back up. Like, how, how much do you think Cincinnati would love having healthy Joe Burrow? He, they Ooh. don't have that. Kansas City is healthy Patrick Mahomes, the second best defense in the NFL, and they're 9-6. And, six. and yeah. Miami's better than Kansas City. Buffalo, even though woof, they nearly uh, choked up that game to the Chargers yeah. uh, on Christmas Eve, they're better than Kansas City. Like right now, the Chiefs are the fourth best team in the AFC, and they have healthy Mahomes and a great defense. That is it's just it's shocking. Yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. 
It really is. But, uh, you know, you mentioned um, um, who was the team? The, the Buffalo Bills. It was fun watching them on, like, a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But, man, was I getting frustrated in that game. Like, here we go. Everyone wants to praise the Bills again. And the same old Bills show up to play and almost soil themselves um, against the L.A. Chargers. But they found a way to get out of that one. And now... You know, you talk about the Miami Dolphins and the big win that they got against the Cowboys. The, Miami has to go into Baltimore this week. That's, the, get, that's a game for first place. If Miami loses to Baltimore, which I hope they do because I would love to see a Week 18 game between Miami and Buffalo for the AFC East. That would be incredible for you talk about, like, scripting out a season and having the last game of the season mean so much. Uh, between those two teams. On the other side, uh, maybe it was a throwaway line from the Toronto Raptors head coach. And I'm not saying, oh, uh, Darko doesn't like Masai Ujiri, but there was an interesting quote after the Raptors' embarrassing loss to the Utah Jazz that I want to... I want to get into on the other side. That's Carlo. I'm Kaz. You are listening to First Stop. All right, maybe I'm an old man here, Carlo. I, I've never liked this song by Justin Bieber because it just feels like he's just giving us a shopping list. This is where I get my weed and uh, I get my <laughs> produce from California. Like, like it just feels like Justin Bieber's giving us a shopping list. He's not singing a song. Yeah, I I guess I feel the same way. It, it, I'd never yeah, really thought of it that way, but now that you you <laughs> sort of laid it out that way, it's probably what I'm gonna be, You're gonna, you know, yeah. uh, at, at least thinking about every time I listen to that song. So, Twenty Fingers, this is your job this morning. Mm. Get us some more bump and beats, like post Christmas, like Boxing Day beats. Like, come on, man, you got to give us some good Boxing Day beats. Everyone knows there's like at least 50 different Boxing Day songs. I've got the greatest hits of Boxing Day volumes one, two, and three, all put out by KTAL. It's easy. There's a by the bunch way, of them out there. By yeah. the way, Matthew, did you see yeah. those scenes that went viral yesterday of people lining up at 5.30 in the morning to get into shopping malls yesterday? I love it. I love it. Do you know why? Because it's old school. It's people going bricks and mortar, going to stores, no just yeah. buying stuff online, going to Amazon. I've never done that, Carlo. Um, I, my rule when I was younger, and I used to do Boxing Day shopping, I had my rules were go alone. You have to go somewhere where you don't have to drive to and don't have an agenda. Don't go needing to buy a sweater or a new jacket. Just go on your own. And see what's stores, available. See what's available. So you have no expectation. That's that a horrible plan, Matthew. I'm sorry. Hold I on. Mean... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. That's a bad plan. So what's your plan? Going with your family, well, driving in a car, trying to fight through. Well, no. Lot? First of all, you will never find me in a shopping mall on Boxing Day. Never. But Boxing Day is all about targeting certain deals of certain items that you're saving up for. You don't just go there and just roam the malls and be like, oh. Maybe that looks good. Maybe I'll buy that. No, you have to have something that you're focused in on because that's the deal you've been waiting for. Do you not agree, A.B.? No, no, no. Don't oh, go I to totally A.B. Agree. for that. Yeah, no, that's I want to hear his I, thought on this. That's why <laughs> I completely. Be the witness. 
<laughs> no, I completely agree. And like, like for me, for example, I mean, I'm I'm looking to get a new computer, so that that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking mm-hmm. online to see, all right, who's got the good Boxing Day sales to get a new computer, new MacBook? Where can I find a, a decent sale? And I'm not going to the mall and walking in through and hoping, oh, maybe I'll see something that I want. Perhaps no, I know exactly what I'm looking to get. What confuses me about your plan, though, what what's wrong with driving somewhere? You're walking to the mall. I live downtown Toronto. What do you Toronto. do with all your stuff? Oh, he's biking. Up, he's biking. I, ugh, yeah, yeah, all those empty bike lanes. actually quite easy, too. <laughs> um, no, because have you seen Yorkdale, Yorkville, Sherway, Scarborough Town Center? Malls are rammed. I will not drive a car to a mall on Boxing Day. I will not. You could tell me the computer's 99% off, and they'll give you a complimentary back massage if you buy their computer. I'm not doing it. I'm not driving my car to a, a mall. complimentary back massage. I did that once. It was an alleyway. I got to tell you, the uh, yeah. it was uh, did not go as expected. Um, the Toronto Raptors lose to Dar- uh, lose to the Utah Jazz. They have a massive lead. They blow it to a, not a great Jazz team. And I want you to listen to this quote here, Carla. This is Darko Ryakovich talking about what's wrong with the team and that really changing the lineup can only do so much. We're looking at like, but like always when we talk about it, like uh, what, how, why, who, you know, those are the questions like and how all of that affects everybody else. Sure, we can mix up rotations where we're mixing up uh, during the game and, uh, you know, it's it's not like we have Steph Curry sitting on the bench and I am going to put him in there. I'm I'm not keeping him on on the court. You know, it's uh, it's constantly we're looking at, we're trying to to get some chemistry. We're seeing some improvements. They're 11 and 18, three and 10 of their last 13. And what what Darko is saying there is we don't have the talent. Same issue last year. The bench isn't good. Bench isn't good this year. And it's not me saying the coach is ripping management. But he's coming out and addressing it. The fact is, you can have Gary Trent Jr. come off the bench or you could start him. You can make this little move or that little move. The problem with the Raptors, and I feel like we're just waiting for it, is they've got to make a major change. And unfortunately, it's moving the guy who just played in his 500th NBA game, Pascal Siakam. But, Carlo, I hear that clip, and that's the coach saying, there's only so much I can do with the talent that I've been given. Yeah, but how many times do we need to hear that coming out of Raptorland? It's been two, almost, it's more than two years we've been hearing this same song and dance about this Raptors team, about not being deep enough, not being good enough shooters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it reared its ugly head on Saturday against the Jazz, you know, where for three quarters, the Raptors had complete control of that game. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, you're not looking at your bench and saying, who can close the game out for us? The fourth quarter, you got outscored by 20 points to the Utah Jazz and lost. That's the problem with this team. The problem with this team, and like on Saturday against Utah, it was the complete opposite. But for the large part of this season, we're talking about 29 games. I would probably say more than 15 of those 29 games this Raptors team finds himself down by double digits early in the second quarter. And so even in games when they find themselves up, they just can't close in the fourth quarter. Does that is that somebody that's on their bench that's waiting for them? No. 
No. no. Because so th- I can understand th- the frustration from Darko when everyone's asking him about, hey, maybe you should try changing up the rotation. Maybe you should try changing up your starting lineup. He's basically saying, I'd love to, but who am I going to go to? <laughs> like, Nothing tells you who, nothing is a bigger reflection of who you are as a team by what are you in the fourth quarter? You know, yeah. what, what are you in the final five minutes? Because that will really tell how good is your offense, where is your shooting, where's your half-court offense at. Because you can go the first couple quarters, free flow, you, maybe you catch a team that's a little bit tired, but in the fourth quarter, late, that's when everyone is dialed in. Mm. And the, that's the Raptors' problem. And also, Carlo, you brought up a good point. How many times do we see them down by double digits? Good teams aren't consistently down by double digits as much as the Raptors are. This is a roster issue. You can put the greatest coach. You can put Red Arbach out there. You could put prime Phil Jackson out there. You're not going to get, you know, maybe you get a couple more wins here or there on the margins with this roster. But I, it's, it's the shame about this season, Carlo, is I feel like all we're doing as Raptor fans is waking up every day going, have they made a move? Yeah, have they traded. Have they traded Siakam? Like that's where we are with this team. It's it, it's you're absolutely right, and it's the frustration that has continued to build around this team is because everyone wants a sense of direction. Well, for two yeah. years they've sat on their hands and just allowed everything to play out, and then when they have a chance to get in front of the uh, the, the the media and speak about the team. They always try to say, well, we're, we're, we're trying to build something to win. Okay, well, show us. Show us what you're building to win. Because right now, you know, they're, 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 there's, there's so much frustration built up around this team because it almost seems like the assets that they have are diminishing. You know, Scotty Barnes, look, he's a, he's a great player. He's the, he's, he's the face of this team. He's having an unbelievable season. He had 32 points uh, on Saturday. He's the guy they want to build around. Okay, great, but you know, what else around this roster is going to show us signs that they're ready for success? It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Like, you know, to see them lose the way they did Saturday and have to go into the break with that to chew on. Yeah. You know, you really wonder what's been going That's through these, play, these players' minds for the last three days as they've been idle. So, and, and um, you, know, you know what the other shame of it all is, Carlo? Is that a guy that we loved, like a, an incredible success story in terms of his development, a late draft pick, um, was Siakam. great when they won, Siakam, when they won the title in 19. He was so instrumental, uh, as especially in that final series against Golden State is now the solution is you've got to trade Pascal Siakam. And the thing that stinks as a Raptors fan is we want to give this guy the flowers of what he's been for this career, 500 games, and yet we're doing two things. One, we do want to acknowledge the greatness that he was as as a member of the Raptors, but two, it feels like him being traded is the key to this team finally having a direction and a path forward. So as a Raptor fan, I'm conflicted. How confident do you believe... Or do you feel that Pascal Siakam will actually be traded and will actually um, not at all. bring bring back the package that will satisfy you? I, uh, I, 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 this is how I see playing it out. I see it playing out in the way that the Raptors will probably not get what they believe that Pascal Siakam deserves in a package, and they'll be forced to re-sign him. 
That's how I. That's how I. Because let's be honest, Matthew. If they even entertain the idea of this guy walking for nothing, I, I, I don't even. I don't even want to be on the radio the next day to see that situation play out, because it will not go well. You ask me how confident am I am that they're going to trade Siakam and get something good back. About as confident as I am about pronouncing the name of the gentleman on Slovakia who scored for them against uh, <laughs> Switzerland. Uh, the world, uh, yeah, against Switzerland at the World Juniors. On the other side, it is the first up scoreboard. We wrap up what happened last night in the NBA, and we give you an update. What's going on in the World Juniors with some gentleman that I've never heard of before? Eh, that should be an embarrassing moment. That's coming up next. That's Carlo Cause. This is First Up. Good morning, everyone. This is time now for the first up scoreboard. I'm Matthew Cause. That is Carlo Coliacomo. And rarely, Carlo, can we give live game action because it is 6.52 a.m. Eastern. But right now, Slovakia is up one nothing on Switzerland at the World Juniors. Phenomenal job by Peter Repsik tapping in the opening goal from Samuel Honzik as Slovakia is up one nothing on Switzerland. Take that, Switzerland, you dirty, dirty... Switzerland country in Europe. <laughs> I'm impressed, Matthew. You should be Thank the you, you should be you. the uh, full time announcer for Slovakian hockey. That um, would I would be fired hey, immediately. Shout out to Slovakia. Very impressive opening win yesterday um, against the the Czech or what, what's against Czechia? Sorry, Czechia. Yeah, Askord um, Miller. Askord yes, Miller. He'll give yes. you the, the country update. Six two opening game win. Yeah. That was followed by Canada's opening game win over the Finns um, in a 5-2 um, victory against them. Yep. The U.S. with a 4-1 victory over Norway, and which was surprising result that it wasn't more than that. Halfway through that game, it was 0-0. And then in the final game, it was the host, Swedes, with a 6 nothing shutout over the Latvians, who faced Canada today. Um, in their second game of the tournament. I believe that game is at 2.15 on one PM. PSN. Well, oh, our, 1 coverage PM. Be- our coverage begins at 1 p.m., and then later on it is the Ottawa Senators and the Maple Leafs, 7 o'clock. So keep it tuned in to TSN 1050 for all your World Junior and NHL action. Uh, moving over to the NBA, because there was no NHL last night, let's have a little Canadian content. Canada's own Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 34 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block as the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the number one team in the West, the mm-hmm. Minnesota Timberwolves. And the shape of it all is uh, when, whenever a number uh, the top team loses, you wonder, was everyone playing? They were for the Timberwolves. An impressive 129-106 win for OKC over Minnesota. Shea Gilgis-Alexander getting it done for uh, maybe the most fun team in the NBA in the Thunder. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, you said, are the number one seed in the Western Conference. And not too far behind them, only two games back, are the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. Wow. Shout out Ah. to them. You know who's not in a playoff spot right now in the NBA? The Phoenix Suns. Wow, I know. 11th in the Western Conference, half game back of the Golden State Warriors. How the times are changing in the NBA. And you know what's bizarre? I read an article yesterday. I don't even know if it was an article. It was a quote that said, Kevin Durant deserves better 
and should ask for a trade out of Phoenix. No, that <laughs> I didn't swear I that read that. I gotta find happen. it. Oh my god. I have to find it. I'm gonna send it to you. Oh my god, Mr. Grumpy himself. Yeah, Kevin Durant, the Suns. You know, Devin Booker's there. He was playing. He's healthy. I know Bradley Beal isn't, but for them to be out of the, even the playing tournament right now is shameful. Speaking of shameful, yep, the Detroit Pistons set an NBA record with their 27th straight loss, losing 118-112 to Brooklyn. Detroit has got the Boston Celtics, and then after that, it is the Raptors. Oh, God, please, please, Toronto, uh, do not lose to the Detroit Pistons. Come on, Detroit. Beat yes. Boston in the next game. Take the pressure off all of us. And that is your first up scoreboard. I, I can't believe you, Carlo, that anyone, anyone would suggest that Kevin Durant should ask for a trade. I mean, just <laughs> when you when you look at the, the legacy of players, the guy like that's going to have, I think, the most polarizing will be Durant. Uh, when all is said and done, when you compare his individual success with team success, he won two titles on the most stacked NBA team. There was zero degree of difficulty when he joined the 73-win Warriors back in the day. And congratulations, you won two titles uh, back in uh, like 2014, 2015, around that. Uh, I just sent you the link. And okay. apparently Brandon Jennings does some NBA analyst stuff. Oh, what a and, loser. And he was quoted saying, Kevin Durant doesn't deserve this. He should leave Phoenix. This is, like, why, <laughs> this is why you always have to take – got to go a grain of salt whenever for, uh, soon ex-players are voicing their opinion because all it's going to be is 100% pro player. It's like yeah. when an ex-coach is in the TV booth saying, hey, it's not the coach's fault. Everyone has got crazy biases. All right, 7 o'clock hour. Let's also let's talk a little Maple Leafs. Let's get a little leafy. Stay taking on the Ottawa Senators tonight. Uh, they end the up Battle after- of Ontario, Matty. Yeah, you need a little bit more. It's, it's The way Ottawa's playing, it's hard. To, you know what, though? No, it's Ottawa. It doesn't matter. They always get up to play against the Maple Leafs. We'll get into that. That's Carlo M. Cause. Good morning, everyone. This is First Up.